0: Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes. So let me tell you what it is it's fitness coaching and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. I am Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we're the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Today, boy, do we have something exciting for you. I'm very excited because it's a close personal friend he is a fit body bootcamp franchise owner. He's a fellow Todd Durkin mastermind. And he's about to do the death race. That's right. The Spartan death race. He's uh, one of the few crazy guys I know who's crazy enough to do this with me. Matt Spew, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Chavez. Thanks, Cindy. It's a pleasure to be here. Really an honor to be on your show, man. I appreciate it.
0: Well, yeah, you know, thanks for being here. I can't believe that we haven't done it sooner. It's just, uh, it's exciting that we finally got this time together to do this, uh, You know, I'm not going to go in chronological order. I want to get the, I want to let the audience get to know you, but I feel like uh, since I just mentioned the death race, hey, what made you decide, uh, you know, I I reached out to you and I'm like, you know, I think Matt might do this, but uh, why are you doing the death race, if you don't mind?
1: Well, Travis, you know, when you call me and say, Hey, you know, I'm thinking of doing this death race. I'm looking for some crazy mofos to jump on my team. I mean, that's, that's to me, that's just like a given. I mean, once you, once you put me in that perspective, uh, how can I say no? You know, um, you know, I, I don't really know. I didn't know anything about it going into it. You know, I just you just said crazy death. And, you know, I, I was just like all in, bro. I was all in. So that's what kind of hooked me. Now I'm reading up about it. And, you know, obviously thinking like, oh, man, what I get myself into. But I've got myself into some serious situations before. And, uh, you know, this this should be no different.
0: Yeah. You know, speaking of serious situations, you know, one of the reasons I thought of you is I really respect what you did uh with the project which was uh, kind of a creation in conjunction with bedros uh the franchise uh franchise founder of fit body Bootcamp, but he's done that with some navy seals and some other military guys and uh uh you know you chose to do that as well you know so uh you know can you talk a little bit about like what that was and maybe why you chose to do that because i'm thinking you might be doing the death race with, with like kind of a similar testing of yourself in mind you know so if you could
1: well, Bedros is a is a great salesman at heart, right? So he can he like he knows his audience, he knows his crowd, and he sent me a voice shot talking about the project and how it, it was a 75-hour fully immersive um, self-development program for men that wanted to kind of level up and take their lives to the next level. You know, um, he basically um, phrased it as, you know, are you a man that feels like you have more in the tank? You you a man that feels like you have more potential than what you're putting out? Um, are you a man that thinks that you can achieve better things than what you're doing? Are you kind of white knuckling it through life? And, you know, um, you know, that kind of sold me. Then he told me the price and I was like, man, I don't know about that. You know, um, it was $10,000 at the time. Um, Now it's uh, $15,000. Right. So, you know, after I talked to him, he's like, this is going to pay tenfold, you you know, the the, the ROI on this is going to be tenfold to whatever the 10 grand is. And, you know, I, I'm a big follower of Bedros. I, I highly respect the guy. You know, he owns my franchise, uh, Fit Body Boot Camp. So um, I said, yeah, I said, I'm in. And again, going into that, not knowing, um, you know, we I did class one. I was the very, very first class, right? So um, there were no uh, sizzle reels. There were no things on Instagram, right? So we went in, we got our itinerary to pack. Um, sunny, 75 degree, California casual business attire. And... <laughs> I had a suitcase full of clothes and I only really wore a pair of black shorts and a black shirt for 75 hours straight. And we didn't realize that we were just going to get beat down from the time we got there till the time we graduated. And we always had the option to quit and ring the bell. And, you know, to me, going into that, I knew it was going to be difficult. I just had no idea how difficult um, to me, I told my team, "They're like, oh, you'll make it." I'm like, if I don't make it, I'm coming home with a toe tag. I mean, I'm just not not ringing a bell. Like, I don't quit. That that's just that's just my mantra, and and that's just how I live life. Is like, I don't quit. You know, faced with plenty of adversity in my life, I've made it through it. I figured I can make it through the 75 hour, and you know, I just feel that the project has given me a lot of the tools that I'm gonna need to make it through this death race. So. Um, yeah. I feel like that would be a good precursor. Um, I don't know. I mean, the death race could be harder. It could be more, more brutal. I, I mean, I'm thinking it will be, um, but you know, the projects are pretty tough. I mean, sleep deprived. Um, we ate very well. Um, but, you know, I mean, we really got beat down. There was a lot of self-development mixed in there. Like there was a lot of, um, classroom time, but, you know, in between the ice baths and the, you know, the crawling in the grass and the, in the, in the beat downs, it was a pretty tough 75 hours. So
0: 75 hours, 75 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the death race is very comparable in time length. Uh, the death race is no definitive start time, no definitive end time. You know, you just kind of, you know, you show up and then you start and, and, and it is, it's, it's pretty grueling. Uh, from what I've read. And from what I understand, you know, you and I will be doing it for the first time together. But, uh, you know, you just talked about an investment of $10,000, or now $15,000. Um, some people would say, wow, why would I pay that much money to, you know, be subjected to that kind of, um, that kind of level of intensity, uh, that kind of challenge? And what would, you, what would your response to them be?
1: Well, you know, I see a lot of their posts and there's a ton of hater mail on, on you know, comments on the post, you know, all oh, just, um, you, you know, uh, you know, the boys with daddy issues, you, you know, and, and, you know, uh, you know, join the military, it's free. But, you know, it's so much more than that. So much more than that. Um, why it was a good investment. Um, you know, just it, it teaches you how to deal with adversity on every level. You know, you could do nothing right in the project, even if you did something right. It was no too bad. It's wrong. And then when you're like, what? the? You're like, too bad. Life's not fair. Do it again. You know, do it again. Do it again. And a lot of those tools have set me up for, number one, my emotion, my emotional discipline. I mean, I was a very rational person before the project. I'd snap. i fly off the handle like like I'd show up at your house with a a baseball bat before I talk to you, you know what I'm saying? So it'd be like one of those things where they taught me to like, Hey, you know, slow down, like, like, like stay in the zone, right. They give you three zones. There's a complacency zone. And then there's the, the military, you know, the, the, um, emotional balance zone. And then there's, um, the reactive and irrational zone. Right. And, and you always want to stay out of that zone because when you're reactive um, and you're emotionally reactive, it, it, nothing ever good comes out of it. Right. But also in the complacency zone. Right. I tattooed complacency kills on my arm to remind me that we can't get complacent. You know, you make a few sales and you're like, All right, I'm good for the day you know, you can't do that, you know, and the project teaches you those tools to overcome like all these obstructions in life, like, like COVID. I mean, without the project, I, I may have closed my gym. I may have just thrown my hands up in the air and screw this. And this is bullshit. And, you know, poor me and COVID helped ruin my gym, but it, it causes you to, you know, and, and Bejo's puts this a good way is that, You want to, as opposed to looking out the window and pointing your finger and blaming this person, this person, this person, um, I'm a victim because of this. He tells you to look in the mirror and just say to yourself, like, what the hell can I do to improve my situation? What can I do to make things better? You know, you know, if you're late. Uh, Because of traffic, like, hey, too bad. I mean, even Grant Cardone said that too bad you should have left earlier, you you know, so when you start reflecting back on yourself and all the things that you could do better, you know, some people say, hey, I'm hard on myself, right? Yeah, of course I am. I'm hard on myself. I, I, I don't want you to tell me what I'm doing, right? I want you to tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can improve and get better every day. And like I said, that the project gave me those tools um, to help me overcome that type of adversity and, you know, overcome the, the, the things that, you know, the tragedies that everybody faces in, in everyday life, you know? So,
0: wow. I love all wow. this stuff that you're saying. It's very inspiring. Um, if you could give our audience, one of those tools to, that you use to help yourself stay in that zone so that you're not so overreactive or, or too complacent, you know, what, what's the name of the zone? Uh, where you want well, to be?
1: Well, it's, it's I think um, Steve, what, Eckert, the, one of the one uh, of the Marine that actually taught that course, um, that 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 segment, that um, that evolution. Um, I think he calls it your your military base or something like that. Uh, I I forget what the exact. I just call it my, my emotional, my emotional discipline zone, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so he draws it out. He's got your red zone, you got your, um, your green and your blue zone, or your green and your, your blue zone, right? So you have your comfort zone, which we don't want to be in because, you know, how do we grow when we're comfortable? Do you grow when you're sitting on the couch watching TV and comfortable? Do you grow when you're sitting in a nice steakhouse eating a you know, hundred dollar dinner? No, we don't grow when we're in our comfort zones. We grow when we're in that, you know, that zone of adversity and, you know, like I said, when you're in that comfort zone, stay there, do your victory lap and then get right
0: back to work, you know? So um, yeah, I, I don't know if that, if that helps. Oh well, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that myself right now. Actually, I, we were, we, we were, went on a much softer experience. It was called a soul adventure, but, uh, but they, they challenged us to when something's triggering us, to kind of take a step back and say, you know, why is that triggering me? You know, like because it's true what they say. You know, only you can make you angry and all that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, you have to like, you know, kind of assess and and let uh, let your bigger self or your higher self, you know, kind of assess that situation and and you know, give yourself what you need to stay in the right zone, uh, to stay in the right train of thought. So you know, we talked a little bit about adversity. Um, I know you've been through some adversities in your life. I, you know, we were just talking about, you know, you you chose not to be one of the people that just, you know, blame the pandemic, blame COVID, you know, you've pushed through with your business. You're on the other side of things. Now, uh, still rebuilding, Matt, are you
1: always rebuilding, always rebuilding, you know, it's two steps forward, one foot back every day. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we sell 10 memberships and we get four cancellations, you know, and, and again, that's, that's, what i'm trying to overcome what i see my members doing you know they they hit a little snag and they give up on themselves right oh well you know i can't afford this no you can't afford not to do this you know you can't afford to just give up on yourself and let yourself fall into that level of mediocrity and you know gain weight and and, you know put yourself at risk for for these underlying health issues that are out there you know so um yeah so you know like i said it's it's you know, I'm seeing this with, with 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 you know. You're a gym owner. You own five. You know, I'm sure the things are not much different in Rhode Island than they are in New York, right? You know, you see people. They're like, oh, I, you know, I want to cancel my gym membership. Well, 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 why? Well, I can't afford it anymore. Or, you know, I get too much going on. What, what do you mean you have too much going on? You have too much going on to invest a half an hour a day into yourself. I mean, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, so um, anyway, yeah. So that that's like. You know, that just keeps me going is just like like, I'll never give up. You know, it's just like I know it's going to be two steps forward, a step back. That's just how life is. It's never a perfect time to do anything. You know, I mean, even like right now, today, I'm in a rest stop here. I'm driving up to Maine to to volunteer as um, a junior cadre to this thing called the Squire program, which is kind of an offshoot of the project, which Mm -hmm. is a one day event. Um, for, for sons and fathers and sons. I did it. I did the very first one of those too with my nephew. I flew him out to Chino Hills, California, and it was just, you kind of separate and we get together, we separate, we get together. And it, it just helps with that bond, that, that, that male bond in, in, a, in a youth, an individual youth's life. Um, and so I'm going to kind of oversee how that is, because I feel like that's my purpose. And my calling is to kind of help the youth of today um, guide them, you know, just give them the opportunities that I never had, Um, Growing up. I mean, I had great parents, I had a loving home life and all that stuff, but we weren't from a lot of money and like my parents didn't have that, you know, mental mindset to like overcome and and drive hard in business, you know, they're they're pretty kind of hippie-ish parents, you know, so um, you know, I just want to, you know, and my father's like my, my, you know, you're so hard on yourself and you're disciplined and this like, yeah, I know dad, but I need more. I need more. I need to drive. I need, to, you know, there's like the book, rich dad, poor dad, you know, you, I'm sure you've read that, you know? So I let my dad read that. I said, yeah, I said, like kind of, uh, you know, the, the rich dad, it kind of, you know, tells you, to systemize your business, so you don't have to be there all the time. Where the poor dad says, "No, you just got to get up and work every day," you know. And that's I, I'm from a blue collar family with that work ethic, you know. So, um, you know, so I'm just kind of looking to kind of develop somebody. I work for an inner city uh, high school, and I coach their football team, and I do all that kind of stuff. So, you know, again, um, I think I'm trying to get get a little off base here, but that's like you know, there's never a good time. It, nothing's ever perfect. Right. So it makes you make shit happen and you do what you need to do to get it done. You know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I like, I like everything that you're saying. Uh, uh, you talk a little bit about, you know, you growing up and whatnot. Uh, you know, what brought you into fitness?
1: I was, um, I was a kind of a tall, skinny kid. And, uh, one of my friends, uh, kind of harassed me he's like oh he goes you know i mean i was always a scrapper i was i was a tough guy i got into you know fights and clubs and this and that and you know i always did okay i held my own and uh, one of my buddies is like oh you're so skinny you know you're gonna you're gonna be getting your ass kicked soon you know if you don't start lifting weights and <laughs> again you, you challenged me I'm, I'm all in and you know i've been since i was like 19 years old i, I, I i've gotten to fitness and then um you know, I, I bounce around from a small local gym to a little bit bigger gym to like, you know, a big, big city gym. And I see all these big guys in there. And um, and then I would watch guys walk around like with a clipboard, you know, training people. I'm like, they're getting money for that. They're, t- they're t- showing people how to work out. Like, well, what could be better than that? The only job better than my job is Guy Fieri from Diners, Drivings, and Dives, right? Like, like, how do you be like, driving around sampling fast food all day for a living, right? But I figure we're on the other end of the spectrum. How can you get a better job than teaching people how to be fit and healthy and and being in the gym all day? So I got my certification, Um, you know, one of the adversities I went through in life. And, you know, I I don't know if you're going to ask me that later, but I I, I went away a little while, you know, I I did a little time. And I decided that, you know, I think helping people would be my calling in life and, you know, studied for my personal trainer certification. And, you know, uh, six months out, out of the out of the joint, um, I was a certified personal trainer and, you know, training people. So that that's kind of like the bullet point of the story. Yeah. yeah.
0: How many years ago? How many years ago is that? Was that?
1: Oh, Christ, you are talking 1992. 92, 94 era. When I show people my certification, I'm like, "Yeah, that's a nine. That's not a misprint." You know what I mean? Like most people (laughs) that come to my gym were born in the '90s. You know, right, right,
0: right. I've been doing this since then. Yeah, I'm I'm not old. I'll be 54 in September. You know, I do hire people now that were born after I got my first fitness job. So that's uh, it's kind of crazy. You know, just I guess that means I'm I'm getting more mature, wiser. I guess older is the term. Sure is the word. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, um, so when did you, along that, uh, that time frame, when did you uh, become a, a business owner? Like take us there, if you would.
1: Well, I mean, I started out in a big box gym. I mean, there was a gold gym coming to town and I was working out at the world gym, which was the other big, name in, in the gym industry and you know i had been out to california and saw the gold's gym and i, I thought gold's gym was like the cool place to be you know it was like you know the bald guy with the with the weights on the shirt you know that, that logo they were very well marketing and i was really excited when the gold gym was coming to town so i was there while they were doing construction like begging the guy hey listen can i get a job can i get a job so i worked there for you know over up until um uh, 2014, um, of March. I I can, I know the exact timeline, March, 2014, I flew out to California. I went to the fitness business summit. I saw the fit body bootcamp, uh, format. And I was like, wow, this, I need to do something. I can't be like just paying rent and, and, you know, trading dollars for hours for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I inquired about it in March. I signed my lease in June and I opened my doors in September of that year. So it was like a fast whirlwind of, um, no business plan no no idea what the hell i was doing you know my my, my business plan in the past you know i been like i said I, I i've been a hustler my whole life you know still keep the rubber band around my cash you know i had a black book where i kept my appointments and a checking account and that was about it no systems no no follow-up no you know no no technology knowledge um so i went like you know it's been like a seven-year education you know um, yeah
0: i was gonna so, say it'll be eight this uh september then right september yep yeah, wow. Okay. Well, congratulations to you yeah, because for sure. 80% of small businesses fail in their first year, and of those that survive, the 80% of those fail in their next 5. So, you know, you're you've passed a couple important milestones, <laughs> right? You know, that's that's
1: very oh, good. Oh, yeah, I just want to keep going up. I keep going. We don't want to hit that we don't
0: want to go down. Yeah, great job. Great job to you. You know, you you mentioned how adversity shaped your life because, you know, you decided that you wanted to help people. Um, you know, that that was your calling, you know, you enjoyed fitness and you wanted to help other people change their lives in a positive way, which was a great transformation, right? You know, you're coming home from uh obviously, you know, you made a decision that uh, you know, cost you some time in your life, you know, time yeah. to reflect and say, you know, how can I live life differently? Um, how else has adversity shaped your life? Because you seem like somebody that kind of embraces adversity because you know the good that can come from it, and uh sometimes even in the most difficult of circumstances, they, these circumstances make us appreciate things or look at things differently. Um, you know, if you don't mind, uh, you know, has there been any other ways that adversity has shaped your life?
1: Well, you know, again, it, it's it's like a muscle, you know, if you keep getting tested, you get stronger, you, you, know? Um, you know. I had a younger sister that, that was killed in a car accident and like, there's nothing worse, you know, for any family to have to go through than a loss of a, you know, under a 20 year old child, right? So, you know, that kind of, um, you know, again, that builds that resiliency muscle, right? So what do you do? You, you know, life goes on, you, you know, you have to kind of pick up the pieces and go, because being down in, 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 you know, self-destructing yourself, drinking, doing drugs, whatever, it just makes things, it doesn't improve the situation, you know? So I always try to look at things like, you know, your, your reactions, you know, in actions causes cause a certain outcome right so um, when you react a certain way you know you can expect a certain outcome right you it's, it's it's like foolproof right when you do stupid things stupid things happen to you back right and when, when you try to you know stay on on, on the right path and, and, and focus and just look at you know again you, you it's very hard to find a silver lining in something like that, but you always have to look at like, you know, how things could be worse, how things could be worse. You know, when you're in that situation, it feels like nothing could be really worse, but you know, I don't want to say time heals, but time, time lessens the the, the, the throbbing of the pain, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you just, you know, my dad, you know, I, I, He's a very soft, sensitive guy, but, you know, like he just kept moving on. He kept trudging through and that affected him more than anybody because, you know, it was, it was you know, it, it was his daughter. You know what I'm saying? So um, so I just watched him get up, go to work. You know, he did what he had to do. He didn't like curl himself up in a ball and, 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 and you know, and let life pass him by, you know. So, you know, so that had happened. And again, that that strengthens up your resiliency, um, you know, yeah, I was really tight with my grandfather. He was old, you know, we, Hey, listen, we're going to face the fact that we live and we die. Right. You know, 86 years old. I, I looked at the fact that I was grateful to have so much time with my grandfather. You know, um, I also lost an uncle, uh, uh, you know, at an early age, he was 39 years old. I mean, this is going back. I mean, probably over 20 years ago. Um, didn't even make it to 40. Um, I lost my brother, um, uh, January 1st, 2020 way to start the year, right? Um, you know, he, he had been, he had been living a destructive life and, and, you know, again, didn't reach his 40th birthday. He died at, uh, died at 49, you know? Um, so, you know, with that, like I didn't miss a day at the gym. I, I didn't, I, I actually worked that morning. Like I found out that day, that night. I was on the schedule to to open up and, you know, I went to work at five o'clock that morning, you know, sometimes when your heart is heavy, you, 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 you hone in and focus more, you know? Um, like I said, I never missed a workout. I was at the gym working out every day. Like, what am I going to do? I can't let myself diminish because, you know, adversity happens in your life. So, you know, I I feel like, and and again, you don't want to wish this on anybody, but and again, who has had like a perfect life with no adversity? I mean, we've all gone okay. through things that that we have to rebound from. We have to bounce back from whether it be business, whether it be family, you know, just a life thing like something like I had a brain injury going back in 2020. It uh, was it 21 or 20. I think it might have been I'm losing. I'm, I'm getting foggy here with the timeline. Um, I think it was August of 2022, that same year, where I had a nerve die in my brain. It caused me vertigo. And, like, I had to retrain myself to walk again. And I was saying to myself, like, this is not going to do me in. Like, this, you know, when you hear the doctor saying it could be a stroke, it could be an aneurysm, we don't know. And then to find out that it wasn't as severe as what what they had said, you know, that kind of, like, flips the switch. And you're like, damn, man, like... (laughs) can't just sit back and wait anymore. You know, you, you, you got to kind of go after after what you're looking to do. And um, like I said, that adversity w- will will shape us, you know. And, and again, it, you know, going back to talking to, you know, you being in the gym business, you know that sometimes people, um, they don't really snap until they reach that threshold of pain where they have to do something about themselves, where it's like, hey, listen, you know, if you don't lose 40 pounds, um, you're not going to see your kid graduate high school. You know, sometimes it takes that. Uh, you know, that pain point, that pain threshold, you know, to, to, to take it to that next level. And you know I'm not saying that I'm sitting around waiting for bad things to happen to, to rise to the occasion. And that, that's actually what I'm telling, I'm explaining not to do, you know what I mean? You can't just sit there and wait for something. You have to be prepared for that, you know? And I think that, you know, with my brother passing, I was set up to do, so what happens with the project is, you know, when, when we graduate, they call us the junior cadre, you know, for the next class or whatever. So, um, that was in January of that year as well. And you know, I went out to the project and just being around those hard hitters and those, those, you know, watching these other guys suffer through the project like I did, and just being around, you know, the instructors and other cadres, um, definitely was, was, was you know, super beneficial to me to help me overcome, you, you know, that, that, you know, the death of my
0: brother and stuff. So, um, it's just a little, little, insight. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just, you just yes, yeah, a lot, right? Wow, you know, a, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, you know, some of these things that you've mentioned, you know, they're, they're the types of things that uh, can really cause a person to give up. It can cause a person to just kind of lay down and quit. Um, I was close to my grandfather as well. He was best man in my wedding. Um, so that was a tough loss when I lost him. But, you know, you mentioned the loss of a, an uncle, a grandfather, a, a brother, a sister. Um, Another you
1: know, grandmother. But
0: uh, the good news
1: is my uh, grandma that's 98 years old, man. She's still She's still a ticking time bomb, man. She's, 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 feisty. she's got all her wits to her, you know? So, and, and listen, this is what I'm grateful of. Right. Um, my, my grandmother that's still alive is my father's mother. My grandfather, I was very tight with was my father's father. So they were, they were married over 60 something years before he passed away. You know, my grandmother, my, my mother's mother, I was very, very tight with. Her. I loved her to death. A little old Syrian lady with a little crooked finger that used to always point and say, you're my only grandson that comes and visits me on a regular basis. And my father's father, uh, my, I'm sorry, let me take that back. My mother's father, who I don't consider, I don't call him my grandfather because he kind of disappeared from my life. Like, who does that? Who has grandkids and doesn't attempt to see them, right? So I ended up seeing him just before he died, just because I wanted to be able to say I've met all four of my grandparent i met three of my grandparents and my mother's uh, father right so uh, like i said i can't use the phrase grandfather because he was nowhere near a grandfather to me um but i met all four and, and and that's i don't not many people have done that you know that's a pretty you know pr- pretty i'm grateful for that i'm grateful to be able to see where my roots you know uh, yeah. my, my main concern was the mother's father like do you have his hair because i didn't want to lose my hair you know so it's like <laughs> I I just wanted to go visit him to see where his hair was at at 85 years old, and he had a full head of hair, so I was like, This was yeah. a wel- worthwhile
0: trip. Right? I,
1: I, my mother, there. I mean, not just also, my mother's
0: uh, my mother's father is the one I got the hair from, or the lack of hair, from. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, so you know what you've what you've kind of indicated is that you know in life you know some things become a tombstone, some things become a stepping stone for people, and you know that. you made them a a, a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. But I think that has a lot to do with the code that we live by. Like you know you have a a thing on your arm that says you know complacency kills, but you know there must be some other uh, mantras or core values that you know I think you must be a great role model to your members and. And I I like what you were saying about, you know, come on, your life is too busy for a half hour today to improve yourself. And, you know, you don't let uh, life tell you to give up. So uh, that's great for your members to be inspired and be around. And I hope that they know some of the stories. Or at least they'll know him after this podcast.
1: <laughs> but- yeah, I actually did another podcast with a buddy of mine, Jake Blanchard, who was a project graduate from my class one. And I kind of, you know, he asked me, you, you want to tell all, I'm like, Hey, listen, you, you know, your past kind of defines you. You can't let it. I, I mean, it, it, uh, let me take that back. That's not a really good analogy. Cause like if your past totally define, like your past molds you, your past shapes yeah. you. I, I, yeah. I can't say it defines you. That was the wrong term. And I said, listen, this was shit 20 years ago, 30 years ago. If people going to hold that against me when I was 22? And I was, you know, I went to the, you know, and like well, a lot of my members came in and they're like, wow, like I never knew that about you. Uh, and, and it was funny because I was on the backside. They say, not to say I'm surprised, but I just never knew that. You know, so, um, you know, I, again, like, like, like growing up in, in uh, I lived in a city called Central Falls and their, their notoriety, they had two, um, two badges of honor. One, it was the most a, the, the, the whole city is a square mile, one square mile, right? And it had the most bars per capita in the country per square mile. There was a bar in every corner. And then growing up in high school, it was called the cocaine capital of the country, right? So, uh, you know, we had a big... Uh, yeah, I guess uh, a lot of Colombian families lived there and it was an easy, an easy route, uh, you know, from Colombia there. Right. So, so those were the, those were the the mantras of Central Falls, Spockle City. There there was a couple (laughs) names for it right back in the day, but you know, hey, grew up on the, uh, on the streets. I mean, my, my parents, you know, my dad started, he's a florist, he owns his own business, but he didn't start out, you know, I mean, he started from somewhere. So I grew up with not a lot of money and, you know, saw a lot growing up and, you know, I I think like my education was on the streets more than in the classroom, you know, so. um,
0: Well, let me ask you this. I mean, you know, when you when you face tough situations, you know, there's things that we tell ourselves, you know, um, about getting over them. Like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's never give up, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, what what is it that you live by where you say this is this is who I am. And that's why this is not going to beat me. You know, so
1: so when we were doing the project, um, Ray, Ray Care, Ray Cash Care, right? He's the Navy SEAL that did it, right? He said, you get up and ring that bell. He goes, you might as well take a Sharpie and write quitter across your forehead and get up and look at that every day, right? And, and that's something that, that, you know, like I said, when faced with adversity, you know, and, and uh, Jesse Itzler, you're familiar with him, right? Uh, Jesse Itzler, right? He, he presented at the uh, Fit Body Boot Camp World Conference and he just says you know when when he's struggling he just says over and over to himself i will not quit i do not get tired right and you know that was kind of my mantra like it's been like that for a while like you know same thing with the project like i'm like i'm not quitting i'm not ringing that bell they're gonna kill me before i ring that bell you know um in the can you know like there were these prison gods that were half my size that were busting me around but i said to myself if I don't follow, like, I'm good at, at following authority when I need to. Like I always had a bumper sticker. to a question of authority, which, you know, being a wise ass kid, you know, but when I was put in that situation, I knew how to walk a straight line. You know what I mean? I knew that when you're in a no win situation, you got to do what you got to do to survive, you know? Um, you, you know, you know, you were there, you, you know what I mean? You're like, like, like I don't have any respect for this guy, but I'm going to show him some respect because I'm in his house and I'm living by his rules, you know? So I always had that mindset where, um, you know, I'm just going to do what I got to do to make it, you know, um, I'm going to do what needs to be done to survive. And yeah. I guess that's a survivor's mentality. You know, um, you know, you don't always want to be in survival. You want you want to thrive. Right. Obviously. But, you know, when you put in certain situations and you're under certain circumstances, you need to survive. You know,
0: Oh, that's really good. Huh. Really good. Let me ask you this. Why should people do hard things?
1: You know, because life is hard, man. Life is hard. And and like I said, why do you, why do you lift heavier weight? Like, you know, why do you keep going up in weights? Right. You know, because once your muscles get acclimated to lifting 20 pound dumbbells, right. You got to go to 25 pound dumbbells and you to go to 30 pound dumbbells. you got to go to 35 pound dumbbells. Right. So when you're coasting through life and you're not facing any adversity, once the littlest thing comes, you're going to slip back into, you know, this victimized mentality of why me, why me, you know, and that's the other thing, like, like just to kind of backtrack, you know, um, you know, you get up at four in the morning, you're like, why me? Why do I got to do this, you know? And then you drive into work and you see lights on in the house and you're like, other people are doing it. Why not me? Like, why not me? Like, why am I entitled? Why why, why don't I have to work hard? No, I'm put on this earth. Everybody's here to struggle and to survive, right? We're all destined for struggle and, 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 and survival and to work hard, right? Because nobody makes it without working hard. You, you don't hear very many internet sensations, overnight sensations, by just clicking a button, right? Everybody's had to work hard to get this. So I always get that. I always think like, why me, but why not me? Right? So to back to the question of why you're going to do hard things because hard shit's going to come to you in life man and you're going to be ready for it right one of my coaches said hey if you're always ready you never need to get ready right so um you know so you always got to be ready man you always got to be ready for that hard shit you know and, and that's what this death race is like something that like i have no idea i'm getting into but i feel that i have the mental capacity i don't know if this old body physically will withstand it but i know mentally um You know, I'm, I'm programming myself now. I'm, I'm up in my training now. I'm, I'm going from, you know, like I was content thirty minute workouts in the gym, maybe a little run after or something like that. Now I'm not content until I, I hit two or three workouts a day. I'm working out with my nephew. I'm trying to get him into into the gym and stuff. So, so I'm, I'm overloading myself. I'm training harder. I feel like I'm in better shape. um So, like I said, it's a test, like a self test. You do hard things, and it makes you better. Is the problem. yeah yeah.
0: yeah. So there it is. If you're that person that's questioning if you have time in your life for that workout, you know, challenge yourself to have that time. Right. You know, if you're uh, if you feel like you need a challenge in your life or you haven't been tested in a while, test yourself because it creates uh, more strength. Right. You know, it's like lifting that heavier weight. Right.
1: I don't have time for this shit. You know what I mean? Like, Like like, my girlfriend, Melody says, is this a good use of your time to be training this hard for this race? I'm like it's no, I don't have the time. I really don't have the spare time. Like I'm, I'm, really working hard, pouring into my team, trying to develop my business to that next level. I'm really trying to focus on my nephew and, and he's at 17 years old. He's at that, that crossroads age. I'm really trying to pour into him. I'm really trying to make time for, you know, to spend time, you know, with, with Melody and do the things we want to do. I just need to make the time to do the things that I need to do to, to, to make improvements in my life, you know? So you know, it's so easy to say, I don't have the time. I can, I try, I don't really have the time to do that. that I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I don't,
0: I really don't, but I'm with you. I'm I'm like, you know, we're going on a family trip that we've been planning for three years. And I had to look at the schedule to say, what time would I have to get up in order to accomplish like, you know, roughly a 90 minute workout and, what days are we going somewhere where I can hike up something? If it's going to take me a while, you know, hike up a mountain or whatever. So yeah, even planning it out throughout your vacations, right? Cause too many people, they even go on vacation. Oh, well, I didn't have time to work out. Sure you did. You know, you have nice. time to stay on your routine. Well, Matt, this has been really, really good. Uh, first, any, any final words, uh, for our audience, uh, anything else that you'd like to share?
1: I mean, you know, just kind of backtracking on what we talked about, right? Don't, you know, don't, don't sidestep adversity, you know, take a head on, you know, that's all I can say is don't try to try to work around things. And like I said, one of the best things that I've heard is that, you know, when you go through a tough time, right, stop looking out the window and saying, well, that's caused me to do this. Um, that's the reason why I'm not successful. Um, that's the reason why, um, you know, I'm out of shape because there's too many McDonald's on the corner, right? No, you, you put the mirror up in front of you and you say, okay, you know, I'm struggling here. What am I doing to combat that? What am I doing to overcome my struggles? Right. So you, it's, it's all on us, man. Like, again, I believe in, you know, community and team and, you know, that human beings are social creatures that we need to rely on other people to help and lift us up. But ultimately, it all comes down to you. You know, you can't wait for somebody else. You can't rely on somebody else. And most importantly, you can't blame somebody else for, for the problems that you are having in life. You know? It's, you know, look at that reflection in the mirror and, and, and just figure the shit out, man.
0: That's really good. That's really nice. good. <laughs> That's a good take home right there. All right. And if people want to get more of you, you know, uh, connect with you, follow you, uh, whatever. Uh, what's the best way to do that?
1: I'm on Instagram at Matt Espute and, um, you know, Providence Fitbody Bootcamp. You can just, um, I'm, you know, we're, we're all the social media on that. You can email me directly, um, Matt at provfitbody.com. Um, send you a copy of my book. I, you know, I, I, you know, I wrote that book years ago, Unleash Your Full Potential. And it was just kind of a compilation of like a bunch of articles that I had written and put together, you know, just kind of a quick read, you know, so stuff like that, you know, just some of the, and I, I tell a lot of, you know, my personal stuff and how I compare like fitness and business, like, you know, uh, business was all new to me, but the fitness, I had that down, you know, so it's like, the same principles apply to almost everything we do in life, right? It, you know, it, it's about that mental discipline. It's about creating those habits. And you know, when you create habits, you don't need discipline, right? Like, do you need discipline to brush your teeth every night. I don't think so, right? Do you need discipline to, <laughs> you, you know, you know to, you know, to take a shower every day? I don't think you need discipline to that. You just create those habits and stuff. So, right. um, yeah. So, you know, that that's you know what I write about in my, in my weekly article. It's on GoLocalProv. So, you know, you can read read my weekly. Um, blog. And, uh, you know, like I said, I talk a lot about some personal stuff and, you know, some just some ways that we can overcome some obstacles and adversities in life.
0: Uh, well, that's some good stuff. Definitely reach out to Matt to get more of them, get that book. Uh, we'll be posting that in the show notes. And, and Matt, I'm just so proud to have you as a friend and a brother in my life. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this death race together. I know that uh, we'll be able to give each other strength, but uh, all the adversity that you face in your life, I'm like, man. There's no better guy to be doing this with because uh, I like everything you said today. You know? Yeah, but- I
1: don't want to be like corny and sentimental here, but you know, I think that we were kind of like a love at first sight type of thing. Like when I first saw you at the at the Todd Durkin, um, what was it? It was not there wasn't a mastermind. It was his mentorship program. And I was like, I like this guy, man. I like this guy. Like, and I think we shook hands and we started talking right there. And I think it's been been I don't even remember what year it was, but, dude, like I've always had like a, a, a place in my heart for you two guys. Like, I, you know, I, we drove up. We saw you. You come down to my gym. My doors were always open to you to you. You know, And I feel like, you know, the same. Your doors are always open to me. And um, that, that's just like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you meet a you meet a solid dude, a solid character. You know, both of you guys, you know, love you both, man. So I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Same to you, Matt. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we feel exactly the same. Much love for you, brother. And uh, just excited for the road ahead. All right, buddy. Thanks for having
1: me on, man. Totally good. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you.